This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 92, where we're looking at Gotham Mad City Season 3, episode 13, Smile Like You Mean It. I'm David Mizzuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord-Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. So what do you cap, Gothamites? Uh, this is one of your hosts, John, and we are here with you um, shortly after Thailand, where we are talking about Smile Like You Mean It. Yes, that killer's track. I Sorry, I mean episode 13 of season three of Gotham. Yes, uh, we are here and we're back. Yes, yes, a little bit later than usual. We were on holidays for the last couple of weeks uh, over in Thailand. Awesome, awesome place. Sawadee Cap from your other host, Derek. Uh, yeah, we had a great time on holidays. Really, really good fun. Got a little bit of a colour. Possibly, if you're watching this over on YouTube, you might see the colour. Um, but yeah, I had a really good time, had a little bit of a break. So I'm sorry for this episode being a little bit late, but with 22 episodes back to back, the way they're airing on uh, on Irish TV, we don't get any breaks uh, like the US had. So we do have to make a little bit of gaps here and there for us to have a little breaks ourselves, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Had a good time all rested and refreshed, John? Uh, yes. Yeah. Good, good. In good and bad ways. And what a way to come back for an awesome episode of Gotham. Yeah, Jerome is back. The killing smile is back in Gotham. Yes, he is. Yes, very cool. Uh, a little bit of um, little bit of discussion before we start, John. Just a little bit of uh, news that happened while we were away uh, over in Thailand. Um, sadly, Jade Logue, the daughter of, uh, of Donald Logue, who plays Harvey Bullock on the show, a character very close to our hearts. Um, Jade Logue, his daughter, has gone missing. She's been missing for almost two weeks now. She went missing on the 27th of June from the Barclays Centre in New York. Uh, he's been putting out calls all over social media, and we thought we would mention it uh, on the podcast. Really sad situation um, where she's been missing. There don't, don't seem to be many leads as to where she is at the moment. I'm really hoping that by the time we put up this episode, that she'll be found and returned to her family. Um, but yeah, it does seem to have been gone in mysterious circumstances, unfortunately. No, it's uh, sad news, absolutely, uh, for any family who has a missing child, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So our thoughts are, are with Donal Logue, definitely, um, at this moment. Uh, and we hope for the safe return of Jade at some point. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Very soon, of course. Yeah. Definitely. Hopefully she'll be back safe and sound very soon. Um, I think we'll crack into our show. We do have a little bit of feedback. We're going to kick off slightly differently this week because we got some feedback while we were away from Claire Payne on episode 12, Ghosts. Take it away, Claire. The episode of Ghosts, I think, to date is one of my favourites. I really like the mystery of the ghostly return of Elijah. The reveal at the end that Ed was behind the whole meltdown of Mayor Cobblepot. The audience and supporters of Oswald watching and being interviewed on live television went from being in awe of him to disgust when Oswald announced to hell with the people. Clayface was used in a very clever, twisted way. It's really good that they are using this character not too frequently, but when used in an episode like 
like ghosts. It's perfect. I'm still a little shocked that Nigma actually dug up Elijah's remains to actually gain revenge on Oswald. The revenge between Jim, Leslie and Falcone was so good. The standout moment was when Zaz paid a visit to Jim to tell him that he expects a kill order from Falcone soon. As Zaz leaves, he reminds Jim that he won't see him come in and reminds him that it's not personal, always professional. Also, another great line from Zaz to Jim about Mario. Nice shot on Mario. Never liked him anyway. Really looking forward to seeing how the return of Jerome happens in the next episode. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Claire, for for that feedback. Absolutely uh, agree with you. A really good episode uh, is Ghosts. Uh, really intriguing. Nice to see that supernatural element come back in mm. um, to to Gotham, which, like we saw in um, the Spirit of the Goat. Uh, completely agree with you on Clayface. A really w- good use of, of this character. Definitely. And um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. It's pretty shocking how Ed was digging up Oswald's dad's uh, cadaver, really, to uh, to use in this way. So, um, yeah, Ed certainly is plumbing uh, new depths that up until then only Oswald's dad had reached. Um, by that, I mean six feet. Um, yeah, Zaz, another great character. Um, he certainly loved on, on this podcast. Uh, and, yeah, his interplay with Jim. And, of course, the consummate professional as you say it's nothing personal jim it's it's business absolutely um you know and of course yeah i suppose to kick off into this episode of uh of gotham we too are excited by the return of jerome as well claire um yeah he's a great character he's an absolute fan favorite Mm -hmm. uh for for gotham advocates and fans so yeah it will be an interesting episode to see his return and does he still pack the same punch with the big grin Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your feedback, Claire. If you want to send a feedback to us, other listeners, everybody else, all the other Gothamites, you can obviously send a voicemail to us through our website, like Claire does, over at GothamTVPodcast.com. You can call it through your phone. Really easy to do. Or if you don't want to do that, you can record an MP3 and you can email it to us at feedback at GothamTVPodcast.com. Or you can email us any type of feedback at all over there at GothamTVPodcast.com. Or come and join us over on our Facebook group over at Facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV podcast. Absolutely. I think with that, on with the show. Mm -hmm. Derek, what are the case notes for this episode? Yeah, this episode was directed by Alatonde Osinsanmi. Hope I got that name right. Uh, First time director for Gotham, but uh, he's Nigerian born. Uh, He's done a couple of films, but has directed lots of television, including some episodes of Under the Dome, The Last Ship, uh, Sleepy Hollow, Minority Report, and Blind Spots. Loads of other good TV credits that he's he's worked on before. And this episode was written by Stephen Lillen and Brian Winbrandt. Uh, They've written a couple of episodes this season now they did uh, follow the white rabbit and they're going to be back for episode 17 of the season as well so this is the first time working with the character of jerome though uh, a really good treatment of jerome i think definitely yeah. um yes his face certainly got around the screen <laughs> yes, uh, somewhat yes it did john do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode sure When the reanimation of Jerome fails, Dwight, impatient for change, cuts off Jerome's face and wears it as a mask to lead the Jerome cult to take over the Gotham news station and begin their awakening of chaos and destruction across Gotham. 
Meanwhile, Nygma, Barbara, and Tabitha continue their manipulation of Oswald Cobblepot, just as Bruce, Selina, and Alfred also realize that they have been manipulated and deceived by Selina's mum, Maria, which leads to a distraught Selina confronting both her mother and Bruce Wayne, as she learns that Bruce had suspected this, but didn't tell her to protect Selina from the painful truth that her mum was a con artist. However, Jerome, now at the GCPD after his body was found, awakens belatedly at the precinct and plans his next move in, a, in front of his audience of one, Leslie Tompkins. Poor Leslie. <laughs> As the police manage to stop the cult and arrest Dwight, Jerome comes looking for his face and abducts Dwight. After reattaching his face with a staple gun, Jerome ignites explosives that kill Dwight and knock out Gotham's power, causing a citywide blackout. Where's the stapler, John? Where's the stapler? <laughs> what a great, what a great scene! Just some uh, great stuff in this episode. Uh, I know Claire said earlier on that Ghost was one of her favorite episodes so far this season. Uh, not to spoil my thoughts, but this is probably one of my favorites uh, of the season so far, without a doubt. Yeah, really, really um, quality. Um, just to see Jerome back on screen, like he is. Um, such a powerful character mm-hmm. played so well so yeah amazing uh loved all the different connotations of of his of his face basically from going from normal jerome to the one with the quirky grin and now to face off jerome um john woo style uh right the way through to reattach jerome face uh with the staple gun well i think this is another reference to the snyder run of comic books where uh where joker takes off his face and uh and reattaches i think this was death of death of the family or death in the family i can never remember which one was the snyder run and which one was the 80s run uh, it's either death of or death in the family another great snyder uh arc absolutely version of the joker now with the with the face reattached or taken off and then reattached again so uh, a nice little reference there john should we crack it to our top five i think so uh with our first the break in to retrieve jerome's body yeah i, I just love the setup of this i loved the card game that the guys are playing where where the, one of the security guards goes uh, jokers are wild this must be my night wasn't his nice, unfortunately. No, it wasn't. Uh, he lost his life pretty quickly from playing card. The guy he was playing cards with is the guy that shoots him as well. So, uh, not very many people to trust in Gotham, which is one of the nice things that we see throughout this episode. There's lots of little calls to the fact that there's a, a anybody around you um, could be a member of this cult of Jerome. Absolutely, it, it's frightening stuff, really. I mean, stabbed in the back by a colleague. Um, mm-hmm. Who would have thought it was actually literal rather than metaphorical? Um, but yeah. I felt like that sometimes in work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I suppose, yeah, it was really good to see just the whole setup of that and them going in to, to collect and seeing again Jerome in his uh, icebox uh, ready to be reanimated. Um, and obviously we see the GCPD return to here after a tip-off mm-hmm. uh, to see that iconic uh, writing that will be one of our other points, yeah. no doubt, uh, with the ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Um, yeah, and one of the guys that didn't make it um, taken in to custody and given a fair old beatdown both sodium pentothal, the truth serum, uh, a right hook, a left hook, mm-hmm. another right hook. Uh, I do love uh, Harvey Bullock's uh, 
sort of first punch where I think Jim has already uh, trying to get information through uh, a fairly uh, unprocedural-like uh, interrogation, you know, smacks the guy in the face. Yeah. And then basically uh, Harvey kind of says, I don't mind if I do, as he sort of takes up the up from uh, Jim punching the lights out of this guy. Yeah, it's very much bad cop, bad cop. Very much bad cop, bad cop, bad medical examiner. Um, and all with a twisted, sordid uh, relationship between them all that they all have to keep this secret. Yes, of course. So, yeah. Uh, Who are the bad guys? Who are the good guys? Mm-hmm. That's one of the really interesting... I mean, this is done to the extreme. Of course. But, um, you know, it is one of those interesting things in, in Gotham that people who are supposed to be the good guys are pretty murky themselves. Uh, And increasingly we're seeing Leslie become uh, certainly a bit murkier uh, with all of this. But I do love all of her reposts uh, and retorts to um, to Jim. Yeah. Uh, she really doesn't want to get touched by him ever Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Well, there is one central question that Gotham has always been set up to answer. Just one question, which is simply, why is this city in need of a Batman? Um, and that is the question that's always being posed and the question that's always being ruminated on with the creation of all of the villains, that kind of stuff. But it's also why our heroes fall so often, why they aren't beyond reproach, why they are... Um, able to be bad and be good, be grey areas, because they aren't like the Batman. They aren't able to stand up against the onslaught of of the villains that are coming into the city. That's the reason there's a Batman needed. So that's another answer, another little bit that's going on in the show. I think. Absolutely. But uh, newsflash, uh, case point number two, we are Jerome. Uh, Jerome. We are Jerome. We are Jerome. <laughs> yes. The symbols, the ha-ha-has, uh, and all those other big lip symbols, big eye symbols, uh, all around Gotham are yeah. tribute to Jerome and this cult that is increasingly permeating its way through uh, the city of Gotham. Yeah, I remember one of our listeners pointing out um, pretty early on, Daniel Butcher uh, pointing out early on that he was he was seeing the ha-ha-ha Joker symbol around the city of Gotham and some of the establishing shots that were going on. Loads of the establishing shots are done by the effects company. I think it's CosFX that do all of the effects for Gotham. Um, so they, they, they add CGI to the city of New York to make it uh, distinguishable as Gotham as a different city, something different from just shots of New York. So they have been adding in these images for quite a while. It, it would not surprise me if the showrunners, Danny Cannon, Danny Cannon, for example, was saying, add in a shot there where we have that in the background every couple of episodes. It's also that they did use the same establishing shot quite a few times uh, with that with that quite iconic symbol in there. They used it over and over again throughout a couple of seasons. So I like that they tied up something that people have noticed throughout the seasons and also probably added it in a few times to kind of seed this throughout the last season or so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we do see uh, the Gotham News Channel here uh, in this episode. Oh, yes. uh, unfortunately for the lead presenter, which was... Absolutely hilarious. Um, his announcement on Channel 9. They assure me everything's going to be alright, as then his blood issues forth from aorta and veins all across Channel 9's backdrop. Um, yes, to say it was bad timing, uh, 
is an understatement. <laughs> it was brilliantly done. Perfect, perfect timing. Perfect sure comedy time. going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think even then, later on, when Jerome hijacks the airways, um, I think their their rationale, we're going to release and show this footage in a hope that we will be able to get our equipment back. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> Channel Nine aren't, aren't very smart. No, no. Channel Nine uh, really are clickbait. I think, I think uh, so. in the Gotham world, definitely. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I did really like about this scene is that uh, that is it is supposed to mirror the last time we saw Jerome in the GCPD broadcasting around the city. Uh, that's what got him all the followers. Dwight seems to think that potentially by wearing the mask of Jerome and doing something very similar to Jerome, that he'll also get the followers. He'll rile up the followers of Jerome. Um, but it gets called out by Jim, which I love in a, in a great moment when he's on the phone to him and he, and Dwight's freaking out almost that he's in exactly the same situation that Jerome was in before. He's got Jim on the phone. He's able to say all the stuff to him. And Jim goes, no, you're just repeating the lines that Jerome said. You're doing the one thing that Jerome never did, which is bore me and then hangs up on him. Yeah. Burn. Really, really irritating Dwight as well. Yeah. Mic drop from mm. Jim. Nice. Well done. Jim. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think moving on to point three, mm. uh, Jerome returns uh, and we really see um, the extent of his cult throughout the, the GCPD. Absolutely. Um, you know? Yeah, yeah. We've got a mole in the GCPD again. Uh, Captain yeah. Barnes now in Arkham Asylum, having cleared out all of the previous moles and fired all of the previous uh, people working in, for the, in the back pocket of Falcone uh, and Moroni. Um not there anymore so it seems like some of the molds have creeped back in again this yeah. time and they love a good laugh as well <laughs> yes they do yes they do this time a guy that's effectively saying i gave up being a police officer the night that jerome came in and killed the commissioner yeah uh, and followed jerome after sarah essen got got slaughtered effectively on the premises yeah crazy mm. i don't think he met the psych evaluation team when he <laughs> uh, put in his application <laughs> possibly uh, for the gcpd but sure I think there's a lot of that about in Gotham. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we have Jerome brought in on the, on the slab into the medical examiner's, uh, room. And of course, you know, poor, poor Leslie, um, just goes from worse to worse, really. Um, she gets kidnapped and effectively held hostage in her own room but she does play it deadpan and it is really quite good oh, the God. the jerome going through like what's happened um whilst he's been asleep uh trying to decide what his next move is going to be you know shall i kill gallivan shall i i was last trying to kill bruce wayne what's happened to him trying to figure out how things have changed where he's up to i really love that going through those motions with with uh leslie tompkins in, yeah. in her lab it, it was a really great scene yeah just uh, just a great fun little moments where the gallivan um where he's he where jerome is saying that he's going to go back and kill gallivan again um and he is told that Galavan came back to life as well. And he says, he's always trying to up upstage me. Yeah. You know, nice little moments with Leslie. Love where he finds out about, about Leslie's relationship where he says, are you, you and Jim still together? And Leslie explains the entire last year of an arc with 
No, he shot my husband <laughs> on my wedding night. And Jerome kind of turns away and goes, uh, giggles a little bit and then goes, no, I understand why you wouldn't find this as funny, but that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing moment. I love Kevin Monaghan in this part. I don't think um, the guys from Gotham knew what they had when they cast him. I think they, they went, right, this would be a great little character for a little side story. He could be the Joker in the future. And they closed down the storyline very quickly, then brought him back last season. But he really, every single time he's on screen, he really lights up uh, the screen, he really throws himself into the part. Definitely. And I think as well in, in this, I mean, obviously it's played for those extremes, but we see that kind of reflection of how Jim sees Dwight, as you were saying before, you mm. know, uh, the one thing that Jerome never did was bore me. You're doing that. And here again, Jerome effectively mirrors, uh, what, uh, Jim is saying as he watches Dwight on, on TV, trying to do his Jerome thing, thinking that he is going to bring all this about. And he just, you know, is there saying no charisma, no panache. Handsome guy, though, uh, obviously, <laughs> uh, although it does look very Mike Myers. Um, you know, it really does with the, the, the face kind of just sort of strung onto Dwight's face. Like Halloween, um, yeah. Yeah, it looks like the Halloween. Really good little call for, I think, definitely. Absolutely. You know, I've seen a still image of um, of this. I think I'll have it as the as the image for the episode of Dwight wearing Cameron Monaghan's face, effectively. And I'm still wondering whether it is Cameron Monaghan made up to look like he's uh, looked like he's Dwight underneath his own face because it actually hangs really well. Um, it's really impressive what the what the makeup team did here, or whether it is Dwight wearing a prosthetic of uh, Jerome's face. Yeah, absolutely, which is likely as well. The two of them are the same kind of height, I think. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's a really really well done uh, scene from the uh, from the makeup artists yeah. on the show. But Dwight really isn't with us for for very long. No. Um, he, his his dreams of Gotham domination leading the Jerome cult. Of course, he does think that Jerome is dead at this point. So, um, sure. you know, he is as shocked as anyone to be picked up by <laughs> Jerome. Well, yeah. uh, and Jerome asking for his face back. And then, you know, I love the whole thing back in the kind of disused factory where all the kit is to, that was used by Dwight to reanimate him. And it's kind of a nervous thing. We're still friends, aren't we? You know, as, um, as Jerome is the still in his bandages, then, and then starting to staple back his own face. Um, that was pretty gruesome, actually. It was. It yeah, was. Yeah. But brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. Really good. Um, and the, then obviously this, uh, new video post to the city of Gotham, which Channel 9 strangely airs. <laughs> what a shocker. What a shocker. Uh, you know, as you say, they're kind of a clickbait uh, news station by the sides of things. Uh, but yeah, it looks like he's trying to stage... Uh, you've, you've, we've seen the movie, The Purge. Yeah, um, the horror movie. Yeah. Where, the scary movie. Effectively, where one night a year, everybody goes out and kills people that they want to kill, effectively. So, um, And then can they survive till morning is, is the is the idea. Can the main heroes of the, of the city survive till morning? So you're wondering if they've taken a little bit of inspiration, maybe, from that for uh for this plan of Jerome's because effectively not only does he tell everybody in the city to go out and kill whoever they want to and then they'll wake up as a brand new Gotham the following day he also plunges the, the city of Gotham into darkness with his bomb at the power plant absolutely yeah 
So yeah. really interesting. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, that would be interesting because the, the look on Jim's face, of course, as the explosion goes off at the, uh, well, it's the electrical substation mm-hmm. and the city is plunged into darkness is kind of like, oh, fuck. Uh, you know what is going to happen um, yeah. but certainly um, there is another purge that's going on as well, well well I just wanted to say yeah we just quickly we do have to say goodbye to Dwight uh, yeah. in this episode so long farewell Avidazen goodbye great to have him back on the show uh, have him from the Batman universe working on the show it was really cool yeah that was there. cool and the final words said to him by Jerome are I don't forgive you for taking my face from from <laughs> Jerome as he uh, sets off the bomb. Uh, but thank you so much for, for yeah, joining. Thank you, Dwight. Uh, and RIP in the Gotham world, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, but yeah, there is another purge going on. Yeah. Um, one being orchestrated by Bob's um, as she is still manipulating Oswald and... Yes, really nice little scene in the Sirens Bar uh, between him and her where he actually nails it. Oswald, you had it. That she is trying to manipulate you and then lost it again after speaking with Tommy. What was it? Tommy... How? Tommy, Tommy Bones. Bones. That's Tommy it. Tommy Bones. Bones. Tommy Howe is a prop forward, I think, for <laughs> Island Rugby. So that's probably where that my mind's going there. We'll call it jet lag down. But yeah. But I do love the I do love Tabby in this um and her murder murdering glee as well as Spree. Um she just loves firing off those guns oh, into absolutely. the flesh of uh of of men. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're the other heads of the crime <laughs> Option families. Option B, ladies and gentlemen. Option, Option B. B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the other heads of the crime families have also been murdered here by uh, by Tabitha. So really interesting. Obviously, the, the concept here is that Ed set up the entire plan because he knows um, Oswald better than anybody else. So he knows that Oswald wasn't going to accept um, that the manipulation of Barbara, I suppose. There's no way he trusts Barbara enough. Uh, he, he was suspicious of her to begin with, but still followed through and still understood the plan and then thought, nah, she's playing me. There's no way that she's, uh, that she's telling me the truth there until he gets the phone call from Tommy Bones. Um, but then Tommy, unfortunately, another, another member of the cast gone. Um, yeah. Yeah. James Andrew O'Connor, who's uh, been a follower of ours on Twitter for a long time. And, and, uh, it's really nice to have been interacting with him over the last couple of years. But, uh, want to say a fond farewell to Tommy Bones. A yeah. That, another one. Yeah. He's kind of popped up since season one. He's been in and out of the series, but as Gotham moves further and further away from the mafia side and more and more to the villains and, and villainous side, yeah, a lot of those old mafia types in their suits seem to be taken out. Yeah. But again, I think coming back to Babs and Tabs, um, the, the moment where they're sat drinking on the couch with the other crime families in the foreground mm-hmm. and it's just option A, or option B, option A being kind of manipulate the crown family so that they come on board and so on, or option B. And Tabitha really does go for option B, which is effectively wipe them out, all of them. Absolutely. Quote, uh, Emperor Ta- Palpatine, uh, Star Wars trilogy, uh, one to three. Yes. Um, but I, it's just really great 
delivery of these lines, I think, which is just like really good. I love then afterwards when the phone goes, uh, and it, it's obviously Ed Nigma on yeah. the other end, and it's like, yeah, she went for option B. Um, <laughs> just so that he knows, but the delivery from Babs, the, 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 um, expression of Tabby, uh, as she's doing this, it is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and I have to say, I know it's, uh, mass murder, but it did bring a smile to my face. You know, I, I think it's just the episode. You know, that? <laughs> I think, uh, I think this episode after maybe the jet lag as well, um, I think possibly has, has warped us a little bit. We're probably smiling and laughing maybe a little too much, but the show's meant for this. This is a, this is the perfect type of characters and the perfect type of, uh, type of show. I, I also like the fact that part of the manipulation here is that, um, Oswald believes that Ed has been kidnapped by yes. the members of this crime family. So he's doing everything to push all of his guys harder than he's ever pushed them to try and find Ed here. Um, so we see Gabe back again, um, who had, who was the one that killed, uh, Ed's girlfriend before. Maybe that's going to play out sometime later on in the, in the season. Um, but we see him being pushed and him try, starting to go against a little bit of what Oswald's saying. Uh, he says, I've heard some strange things, boss, but is cut off by Oswald and told to go back out after the crime families. So um so maybe we'll see a little bit of a, a, a twist from some of the um some of the people that work for Oswald, potentially. Yeah, definitely. Um but I think on to our final case note, yeah. the extortion of Bruce Wayne's Dosh uh, by Maria Kyle and her partner, Cole. Dun dun dun. Yeah, yeah so actually Maria's basically just a big con artist, which is what ultimately Selena will grow up to be. Although at this moment in time, she's hugely principled. Uh, but effectively, it is a foretelling of what Selena will herself practice uh, in Gotham as mm-hmm. she grows older and becomes the world-renowned cat burglar. She does yeah. it by deception and stealth and manipulation. Um, so this is a really interesting part. And it's really um great to see selena just sort of confront the two of them here i I think the saddest part is then her confronting bruce really um that he knew but he was doing it for the right reasons to try and keep her mom in town uh, so that they could build um a a relationship selena and maria um and it is a shame there that i think bruce and selena's early romantic flame has probably just been snuffed out yeah yeah i, th- I think so the, the two scenes from cameron bikandova here with uh with her mother with maria when she's um when she finds out that her mother's been lying to her and says uh she only cares about the fact that her mother came back to you just to use her it wasn't that she cared, it wasn't about the money or anything like that i think it's heartbreaking it's really really well acted by cameron bikandova um, she's been so so good in this part but I don't think she's really had these types of moments yeah. as much she's had them with Bruce but never with another character so it's kind of good to see her being given these type of moments but definitely but heartbreaking both of those scenes with Bruce and with her mother where again you feel these these layers of the trusting side of Selena are being torn away and she's going to mm. be depending on herself again you know really really sad moments yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely and I think as well when she approaches 
Bruce about it and she says the one thing is that she only came to find me because of you uh, not just because they were seeing one another sure. but that obviously that connection that they had made uh, but it was his money it yeah. was all about his money and it's something Selena has always kind of been um, sort of Against is the wrong word, but she's always battled to say, Bruce, I don't need your money. I don't need your, your, your comfortable house. I, I'm fine with who I am. I'm independent. She's always battled with the fact that Bruce has been hugely wealthy. And then I think it's that that ultimately, uh, gets her is that her mum came because of his wealth. Yeah. Um, so it was really good. And of course she throws a few kicks and a few punches and we see Bruce's obviously new training is, is working well. Um, but he would not fight her. It's good to kind of see a fight with these, with these two characters again, you know, kind of see a little bit of a, uh, bounce between the two of them. I'd, I'd love to see the two of them, um, sparring against each other in a, a training environment, but I don't think Selena's disciplined enough for that. Uh, but I do like that uh, she's asking Bruce to fight back fight back against me you know um, but Bruce is just dodging the attacks and, and protecting himself the whole time it's really really well choreographed it. yeah really good yeah, really enjoy um, but I think with that on to our Bullockism of the Week. Yes, yes, our, our Bullockism competition, as we mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago, is still going on. Um, we expected that the UK would be uh, catching up in episodes by this stage, but as they're not, we're going to keep it open uh, probably till the end of the season now at this stage. We're yeah. in episode 13. Uh, we may add some more prizes to the pack because uh, we what we have right now is the Harvey Bullock pop vinyl uh, and a full set of the season one of uh, Gotham cards, Gotham, Gotham trading cards, the base deck, uh, kindly donated to us by Claire Payne. Uh, if you want to send in your your bullockism of the week, just email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com and just let us know your favourite Harvey Bullock quote of the week. My favourite one definitely has to be uh, where where Bullock is talking to Lucius Fox early on in the episode. Uh, Lucius saying he worked at, at Indian Hill. He used to work on the uh, on the constructs that that kept the the uh, people alive. He worked yep. with them. Sorry, not on Indian Hill at, at Wayne Enterprises, and they were appropriated by Indian Hill. And Harvey's response to him is, "Way to go, Lucius! Good job helping the bad guys." <laughs> um, again, this underlying thing between Harvey Bullock and there Lucius is, Fox. There's yeah. something there that he doesn't like them. I know that one of the things about Harvey is that he doesn't like smart guys he just yeah. he doesn't get smart guys he always hated Ed now he's got Lucius in uh, in in got the sights set on Lucius I suppose but hopefully we'll hear a little bit more about those those two characters as the as the season goes on but yeah that's one of my favorite moments from the episode so definitely yeah definitely John overall what do you think of the episode I think this is a real standout a real strong episode I mean it's wacky it's zany it's everything that a, a Jerome episode should be uh -huh. and for that i'm definitely giving this 4.5 blood spattered channel 9 hosts out of five <laughs> um yeah it is it is it's just that whole reintroduction of drone again uh, but done in a way that you can believe for the gotham universe mm -hmm. and uh drone and cameron who plays drone just takes it and goes with it that that interaction between him and leslie tompkins was priceless and um, and yet despite despite that you still have such the strong um relationship between babs and tabs and bringing some great uh humor into this but also then you have 
the extortion of Bruce Wayne by Selina's mom and, and just mm. the the heartbreak and pain that that brings to not only Selina and her mom's relationship, but also that has eked out towards Bruce as well. Yeah. So it is really, really really good you know and i mean coming back to jerome he just has some great lines in there um that just are priceless yeah. for the show without it cameraman is fantastic i'm kind of happy that he's still working on the tv show shameless because uh, he can't get out of that contract he has to go back over and do his full his full season of shameless every year so they only get him for a very short period of time on gotham i can't imagine him being on the show like a character like ed or or oswald i think he the, it, it may run out of, of steam, but having him back for an arc like this, which is a three-episode arc, uh, all, all aired back-to-back at the start of January of this year in the US, uh, and just three episodes back-to-back of Jerome. So we'll see more of him next week, and then he'll disappear into the background or whatever whatever will happen to the character at the end of that episode. We haven't seen it yet, obviously. Um, but I'm really loving that they have such a powerful character to come out shine for a few episodes and then disappear and, and go away for a while. So, uh, so glad to have Cameron him back. Definitely. But I think with that onto our feedback, um, remember that you can contact us through our website voicemail at gothamtvpodcast.com. Uh, just look to the right-hand side of the screen and you'll see our little voicemail tab there. You can also send in uh, feedback and comments and discussion by email on any episode of Gotham this season um, to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. And, of course, finally, please come over and join our Facebook group. Uh, just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. Join the group, uh, join in with the chat and the discussions and our podcast episodes uh, that we will release normally every Wednesday. That's right. Normally, just not this week. Just not this week. Uh, but yes, our voicemail comes from Claire Payne about this episode as well. Take it away, Claire. I was definitely smiling and left speechless after this episode of Gotham. It delivered on a dramatic cinematic scale. John and Derek, you have both commented on how some of the scenes in Gotham have become more cinematic. I agree, and I hope this continues as the explosion of the power plant causing the blackout in Gotham was so good. Jerome having his face sliced off by Dwight is the biggest yuck factor so far for me in Gotham. And then it got worse when Jerome stapled his face back on. For Dwight to go that far and preventing the Jerome supporters from turning on him while they awaited his anticipated awakening was pure genius. When Jerome does eventually wake up, his catch-up conversation with Leslie is insanely hilarious and actually manages to stay extremely calm while Jerome gets annoyed that Galavan managed to outstage him twice. I also really like how Leslie used the truth serum on the police officer that was the Mo in the GCPD. We are starting to see a lot of different sides to Leslie. Has Bruce done something that Selina might not be able to forgive him for? I can see why Bruce wanted Maria to have the money so that she would stay around longer and hopefully rebuild a relationship with Selena. From Selena's point of view, I can see how this would make her feel helpless and already failing relationship with her mum. 
Barbara and Tabitha are certainly taking power into their own hands by taking out leaders of organised crime. Unfortunately for Oswald, he has been severely played by Ed, Tabs and Babs, but it was great to see Gabe back to help Oswald track down supposedly kidnapped Ed. Thanks to Barbara, we know... We know now how to describe Oswald's hairstyle, disco vampire style. Oswald has a hidden knife in his walking cane, and what will Jerome's next move of chaos be? Can't wait to find out. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for that, Claire. Some really good, yeah, really good absolutely. points. Absolutely. Thank you uh, so much for that, Claire. The disco vampire haircut. Yeah, I think. love yes. it. Love disco it. vampire style. Um, no, I can't do it. No, you can't. Neither can I. <laughs> In fact, mine's fluffy, unproducted uh, mm. at the moment. Um, <clears throat> also known as salts and pfeffer. Yes. Yes. Salts and iron and pfeffer. Um, black and white. Yes. Going grey, in other words. Yeah. But yeah, and the hidden knife in the walking cane. Yeah. Great, uh, great pick there, um, from, from, from Claire. Um, yeah, it was something we had asked, uh, Robin Lord Taylor at the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest mm-hmm. in June, where we had said what would be his favorite kind of toy to be concealed within one of his umbrellas or his walking cane. Uh, I think it was a helicopter. So maybe, That's right. maybe. Just maybe he might have a helicopter. Well, no, if... he, he wanted his umbrella to turn into a helicopter, not for an umbrella to, to hide a helicopter, because that's quite big. No, I know, I know. Okay. The rotors to come up and then yes. to go away Mary Poppins with her <laughs> disco vampire style. <laughs> like, how, you know, so many references here. Um, but And it could double up as a fan in hot weather. It could. I wouldn't get you it know? too close to the face, though. You yeah. might end off like your own. That is true. Face off. <laughs> John Woo. Cute pigeons. Yes. Um, but, and They're again, white doves. They're not pigeons. Uh, ratty pigeons. Not, no. okay. not white doves. Uh, we have, yeah, Babs and Tabs taking power into their hands, loving them uh, at the moment. Uh, all, all the time. Yeah. I think they are so good together. I love your yuck factor as well, Claire. Absolutely slicing and dicing from uh, to get Jerome's face mm. off, and then the old staple gun. Yeah, that just really didn't seem to be too pleasant. No. Definitely. No. And then, of course, yeah, the um, Jerome and, and Leslie's conversation really is. Um, just great. And yeah, the Galavan upstaging Jerome is an absolute matter of deeply principled hurt and hatred for Jerome. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love how that floods back into him at the very mention of Galavan, whether it is the fact that he has come back to life previously or, mm. or whether he has killed someone that Jerome wanted to kill. So yeah, yeah, but really he, good. he is the man that killed Jerome. So we can kind of understand that he took him out in his moment of triumph effectively to try and, uh, and tell the city, the residents of Gotham that he was the mayor for them, you know? Um, so he was just used as a pawn by Galavan, which is never what Jerome wants, you know? So I could totally understand why he's so angry about, about Galavan. And I wonder, will we see a James Frayne appearance? Maybe. Do you think, do you think we'll get a third Theo Galavan? That would be Gotham-like, wouldn't it? Yes. Gotham-like, I think. That would be interesting. <laughs> no, because he is blown up. Well, yes, one of the clones he of is Terminator 2, where one. he can kind of come back, coalesce together. Look, 
there may be clones. There is a oh, there is a brutal ganger remember true. out there in the it city could be of a, Gotham. A Galavan ganger. There could be. It could be. Uh, but thanks again so much, Claire, for your uh, for your feedback. Really good to hear from you. Absolutely. And, Thank and, you, Claire. As John mentioned, if you want to send your feedback, just go on over to the website over at GothamTVPodcast.com. Click the, vo- the send voicemail button and send us in your thoughts about each episode as you watch them. Uh, we'll be coming back next week with episode fourteen of. Season three of Gotham Mad City, which is the gentle art of making enemies. Mm. Uh, That episode will be out next Wednesday, as usual. Well, back to our Wednesday schedule on the 12th of July. Thanks so much for joining us. Really good to have you with us. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, of course, just go over to GothamTVPodcast.com slash iTunes, where you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to listen to us on any other good podcast catcher, just go and search Gotham TV Podcast. And you'll see our little logo there with the uh, badge symbol and Gotham TV podcast written on it. That's how you find us. Absolutely. I'm off to wreak hav- havoc with a scalpel and a staple gun. Uh-oh. Uh, little <laughs> concern now. Uh, help. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week, Gotham. I'd to talk to you then. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and we will speak with you again next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.